Where were you working when I scored that goal? I know exactly (laughs) where I was. Me too. Hello and welcome to Where's My Stick? I'm Danielle. I'm Christy. And I'm Kelsey. And we are back. Um... So it has been a while, but like it wasn't just us taking a pause from hockey, like hockey in general took a pause. So I think like that makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah. Yes. There's not much you can do when hockey decides it's time for a break. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and we waited enough that there's like a good amount to talk about. So this episode should be pretty interesting. So jumping right into like the random news. Uh, Dustin Bufflin and the Winnipeg Jets reached an agreement to terminate his contract. Yeah, you know, I'm going to let Christy take this one because I like have nothing else to say about this because <laughs> we talk about it all the time. And I feel like we it's been stretched out to the point where it's like enough. So, Christy, I know you're passionate about this. Like, how are you feeling? What's going on in Winnipeg? Um, I think it's like because this has gone on since September that if he did come back to the team it kind of would have been a little weird so like yeah I kind of knew it was coming but I'm still kind of sad um I hope that if he's not gonna play in Winnipeg he just doesn't play anywhere else like I guess I saw some articles that like top three teams that Dustin Bufflin can go to and I was just like no he can't go anywhere he's going to Minnesota um, so, yeah, I think I agree that it's been, like, drawn out, but I'm still sad about it. Now their defense is really, I mean, it is what it is at this point, but they have the cap <laughs> their space. Their defense is the same is nice. as it was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> they have cap space, but, yeah, that's, that's it. Kelsey, you, what do you think about this? Um, I think it's, like... I think kind of like you guys mentioned, it was kind of inevitable, but I still think that it's sad that it kind of, I don't know, in my mind at least, it just kind of like faded away. I always think that people, players should have like, and of course it can be hard to tell depending on, you know, circumstances, disagreements or agreements with teams, stuff like that. You don't always get to have sort of like a victory lap or a farewell tour type deal. Um, But I, I always wish that for players um but we'll see what maybe what happens in the future but yeah I mean I was sad to see it he was always like a fun character player but um yeah wish him all the best yeah yeah that's a really good point I do it is sad that he wasn't able to get his victory lap and um I mean Blake Wheeler has talked about this so so many times but um you could just tell that the he meant so much to the locker room and to a lot of the leaders there and it'll be tough for the jets, but you know, if this is because of his health, I'm glad that he put that above just like playing through that. Mm -hmm. And, um, he's able to spend time with his family and that's, and hopefully if he decides to like retire, then this is like, he will still be able to have that time with his family and be able to be active and, and present with his family. So, hopefully. I do agree with Christy that I do hope that he just stay, like retires a jet and, like, doesn't play anywhere else. Even though I will miss him. Because, like, I, th- I think it was, like, Yahoo Hockey Canada or something. They tweeted out, like, goodbye, sweet prince. And it was four pictures of D- 
Dustin Bufflin like just carrying two opposing players like just he oh. had them in his hands yes. he's just like basically carrying them and like gosh like I wish that was me but yeah you to see that. yeah you, you do you do and I mean at least he did win a cup you know at least he yeah. has that it wasn't with the yeah. Jets which we wish it was but at least he does have that those memories and stuff there's just like no other player like him like I feel like he's just so big and he's so strong <laughs> he's so strong and then just like the way he would carry the Jets power play and stuff it's just like uh, I'm gonna miss that he really did and I know they are missing him as well because that power play has not been the same so um moving on the Pagulas we talked about them last episode and the fact that Buffalo did not and has not paid their arena workers. They've also fired a lot of people. There was an article, as Pagulas face business cha- challenges, employees describe a toxic culture at PSE. And this article is out of control. I've, I It's written by Tim Graham. Uh, it's on The Athletic. If you have a subscription, please read it. They are villains. Like, <laughs> It's crazy. Um, The way that they, like, not even just with the Sabres, but, like, even with the Bills. And the Pools manage a lot of different um, businesses. But they've just, like, slowly um, have just been cutting people. And it one of the employees said that it was, like, reinforced to all of the employees that Kim Pakula's main goal was just to make sure that she can, like, her family can keep up appearances, like, basically. Like, they would rather go on their, like, uh, employee said, like, so basically, like, I'm going to get fired before they'll cancel their um, vacation in Tahiti. And this was before the pandemic ever, like, happened, before it was, like, even a big thing. They were saying that toxic environments kind of started throughout last year but really heavily in November is when they started like firing people and like the teams were doing really well like the Bills got into the playoffs and um they were super happy and they were saying like once you get into the playoffs in football anyway you don't lose money you just make money and there's no reason why the business should be like be running poorly like there there shouldn't be any negatives for them and the fact that they're cutting back really like affected team morale and just with everyone there everything that's coming out in this article just shows you and shows like what we've seen in the past month from the pagulas and how they've slowly just been not paying their workers cutting their workers sending out emails saying that they want the the workers to donate to the fundraising organization that which is going to pay some of the workers like during this pandemic is just like yeah it's just like wow they're really villains <laughs> it's like shocking how some people can just be so heartless that's so i mean i guess it um kind of highlights the point of how they're very into their appearance because literally before this like people in buffalo worshiped the pagulas because they were I don't know they bought they have all the sports teams and Buffalo really admires their their sports and like I don't know they had like a fun culture about them but (laughs) to know that all this stuff was happening behind the scenes is I don't I don't know (laughs) it's wild 
So I have to say, like, I don't necessarily think that a lot of fans, or at least the fans that I know and spoke to and, like, followed on Twitter, um, thought that the Pagulas were, like, good and they liked them. It was kind of just like, yeah, they own everything. Like, I wish they would stop because they're not doing anything good. And a lot of the Sabres fans really felt like, oh, well, the Pagulas don't care about the Sabres, so please sell them to someone who actually does and will put in the money and, and will monitor the team so that they can get into the playoffs and they have good management. Um, I spoke to um, Hannah, who is the host of um, Women's Advantage. She's a Sabres fan. And she was just talking about how, like, throughout the years, they've done, like, pretty messed up stuff. Um, But right now is, like, the worst. Like, like, this pandemic has shown, like, their true colors. And I think that... seeing how they react to this pandemic and how they treat their associates and their um, workers. And then this article on top of it, like the, it really did show the true colors of the organization. And I've seen so many Sabres fans just say how much they hate ownership, but it's like kind of hard because it's like you love the team. Right. And it's say you are from Buffalo and that's like, you know, obviously like you said, Christy, um, people who live in Buffalo love their team, but like you hate the ownership it's like that's that's hard. That's a hard position to be in because like, do you just like yeah. stop liking the team? Like, what do you do? I don't know. I know this year was really really tough in terms of Buffalo fans just not being happy with ownership and how they're kind of like the family atmosphere that Buffalo is supposed to have. Like they didn't have that this year, and it really really showed, especially in terms of their 50th their 50 year anniversary like I know a lot of fans were really unhappy with how player like ex-players were being treated and stuff like that for the 50th their villainy is like cartoonish (laughs) at this point (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think that's really interesting on how they've almost made themselves um like a character in sports in Buffalo I mean Mm -hmm. it's a little bit different in Pittsburgh, at least, um, and I'm just using Pittsburgh as an example because I live here, but, um, like, ownership, I don't think people really pay that much attention to. I mean, obviously, there's Mario Lemieux, and we're always talking about Mario Lemieux, but, like, like on the whole, yeah, on the whole, um, <laughs> um, ownership is, like, back there. And it's on the business side of things and you don't look at it. So I guess the idea that like ownership plays that big of a role in Buffalo is very interesting to me. And then, of course, you see how the Pagulas, you know, kind of how they play that and how they use that to their advantage and how it might be coming back around to to bite them. Though I don't know that they would even comprehend that 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 they're like facing criticism. They're just like, oh, it's fine. I will say for like in like if the example we're using is Pittsburgh is the fact that the Penguins have been competitive and they've won championship in the span of the 10 years that the Sabres haven't made the playoffs like the Pens have had continued success and 
So I guess like you know, once the team is successful, you really don't focus on that. But if the team is bad and like management is always changing, like you have to look at ownership because they're the ones with the purse strings. So it's like, well, are we not spending to the cap? Are you not hiring the right people? Are you not hiring the right people to hire the right people? Like what's going on? So I do think that Pittsburgh is just lucky in that sense. So a lot of like the negative stuff isn't really like we don't focus on it because there's always so much positive. Mm-hmm. But in Buffalo's case, like that just shows you like kind of like we we're saying mm-hmm. that it's like that is like because they're not successful and because their team is a mess, there's nothing else to focus on but like how ownership deals with it. I think something that I struggle with personally is that in my head, I always see ownership as like more just, I mean, like like patrons like they pay Mm -hmm. for this I don't know in that way I've never really thought of ownership as like I mean to use what I said before as like players but I definitely see how you know when you're frustrated and when you're um looking for a change because something has to give how that could definitely fall to ownership so that does make complete sense but I think the the Pagulas they're like so into the the team management part of it that like they make themselves the face of these franchises because Buffalo is small enough so that like you can own the team, but people don't necessarily need to know who you are. Whereas, but I feel like they've made, they've given themselves that like um, infamy or whatever so that people Mm -hmm. know who they are. So now like when things go wrong and you find out stuff, when you find out stuff like this, you have, a face to blame like I can't even tell you who owns the Winnipeg Jets right now but it's because they don't need to be known they just pay for everything else yeah that's a really good point that's very true Christy yeah that's good yeah I mean it's it's definitely a sucky situation as like if you're a fan of the Sabres um but just like man these like NHL like owners cannot help but like the ones that always want to be in the forefront, like they just all are awful. <laughs> like it's just they can't help it. They just literally cannot help it. Yeah, like even Lemieux, like we know he owns the Penguins or whatever, or or he's part owner of the Penguins. But that's because he's Mario Lemieux. Like if he doesn't do anything, like if we yeah. didn't know like he was Le- like Lemieux, I wouldn't be thinking about him at right now. Like I I don't know the other ones because he's not the only one. Ron Burkle or Ron Ferkel? I think it's Burkle. I think Burkle. <laughs> yeah. You see? I, so, like, I know about him a little bit because I've, like, people have talked about, like, his political stance and stuff. And I've seen that. But, yeah, I do get that. I I feel like Mario is, like... I mean, he is the the greatest hockey player to ever play the game. Um, and I love the pettiness uh, from Mario when the fact that, like, when Ovi passed him in goals, like, he didn't congratulate Ovi. And, like, uh, apparently he, he still has <laughs> He did it. I mean, <laughs> he owns he's the Penguins. Like, Why would he? Oh, yeah, he is a little, he's a bit petty. And um, everything's starting to come full circle. Watch what, like, everything. But, yeah, that's, oh, my God, Kelsey, the five goals, five ways. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, like 
I would like rather not hear about that anymore. Like every year, the anniversary, like everybody <laughs> does their deep dives. Like, can we talk about something else, please? No. Greatest but moment yeah. in Penguin history. Okay, how about those cups that they won? Like, what about that? Oh my God. We'll see when they get five cups five ways. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> true. Let's let's let let's let them win a cup at home because that's something they can't oh. do. Yeah, that would be so much fun. Like, I oh, okay. found out that someone I know was at the um, Eastern Conference Final against the Senators, like the very last game. And I was, no, the Chris Community. Yes, I was like, you were there. Like it, like is just <laughs> unfathomable to me. That like probably was like my the best moment of that cup run. Honestly, that's but my that's- five goals, five ways moment. Yeah, yes, yes. That's absolutely <laughs> you're tell that's, your kids about yeah. it. Yeah. Oh my god, Where how could you, you not? <laughs> Like I where can't were even, you for that goal. I know exactly where I was. <laughs> me I, too. Me. Like Kelsey, that was perfect. Like that's my five goals, five ways. Is the Chris Kunis goal. <laughs> we have a New York Times article written by Erica Alea. You might know her if you uh, read a lot of women's hockey. She covers a ton of women's hockey and is a huge supporter of Black Girl Hockey. She wrote an article about Keandre Miller. And if you don't know what happened, it happened earlier last month where Miller was like asked to do a video chat, like Q&A for the Rangers, and was repeatedly harassed in a video conference. They had it where you can like ask questions. And so they just like bombarded the video chat with just uh, racial slurs. And um, she talks about that, um, how the team handled it, and the larger problem in hockey. And the article was is really well written. My opinion on it is like hopefully the league sees that like the problem is not just like a junior or a minor hockey problem, and it's not just like it's not like something that like oh it happened years ago. Like all of the older um, players of color talked about how that's happened to them. It's still now and it's happening. And the fact that it was like a player and someone who was supposedly a fan of the team. Now they could say like that person's not a fan or wherever, but it's like someone who watches hockey and enough to know that the Rangers were doing something like this um, to be able to do that. So hopefully I just think that like the awareness in the NHL, like they take more responsibility to protect their players um, from situations like this. I don't, I mean, I feel like at this point, anything that I say is just going to be me repeating stuff that I've said, like, before. I just, I just don't see the the lack of foresight to, to, like, moderate this. But then I'm also just, like, of course no one in the NHL would have the foresight to moderate this because it's not, like, Something they it's think not about. like something that's like prevalent in their mind yeah. to like think about and to try to protect him in that way. Um, and I don't know. I I feel like anything that comes out of anyone's mouth from the Rangers, like it's gonna be like whatever. I can hear it and like Jacob Truba like defending him or whatever. But like you guys still have Tony D'Angelo on your team, so like at this point, like I it goes I in one ear and out the other. Yeah, and I hope Andre is like okay, but then I'm also just like he's probably used to it by now, which is really shitty. But yeah, yeah. My thing is that like you can be used to it, but it still is upsetting. 
you know like it's still like horrible like just because like you're used to something like that doesn't make it any less like offensive and disgusting um and it's so weird though like that's the one thing that I can't understand is that like I mean I've seen a lot of like video chats in this past like quarantine from the NHL or like this hiatus from hockey and it's never been so like one-on-one where like you can see what the fans are saying like obviously I guess like Instagram lives you can kind of see it but like to have like for it to be like a, a team like showing it's normally like the fans can, can just see it not interact and so like yeah. if they wanted questions they'd get questions beforehand and then they yeah. ask him those questions so something like that would happen um so it was just like wild to me that it was just like hey we're video chatting like come like ask questions about Kendra because like you could say anything and I, I know there were like probably people saying wilder stuff like wild stuff but not like anything like a racial yeah. slur I mean, and I can see, like, why they would want to do it that way, because it's more, like, intimate and, like, wanting to actually get to know him or whatever. Yeah. But just, like, the lack of foresight also. But then I feel like, then I feel also a little bit naive, because I'm just, like, in my head, like, I wouldn't even think to do or say something like that if I get the chance to, like, be on a Zoom call with an NHL player. I'm just like, why would you do that? But then why would anybody do anything? And it was probably a bot, to be honest. Like, the way, the way, like, the video looked, it looked like it was just, like, a bot. Like, someone set up a bot to crash this kid's Zoom call for a team he hasn't even played for yet while we're all in quarantine. Because why not? But, like, like the the, the thought and the, like, the time you had to do that. Like, I mean, for some people, I guess, making a pot, bot and doing that doesn't take a lot of time. But, like, the effort, I don't think I've cared about The intentionality anything. around it, like... Yeah, like, I don't I, think I've ever, like... Like, you know, even to people who I may think deserve it, like Tony D'Angelo, and just, like, call him out on all the stuff he says. Like, I wouldn't do that. Like, it's just crazy the time people have to be racist. I don't know. Do you have any so, thoughts on, like, how the Rangers um, reacted afterwards? I mean, I mean okay, so I think, like, I'm biased. I I think it's clear that I don't like the Rangers. I think anyone um, would know. Me, Danielle, I do not like the Rangers. <laughs> so the fact that it was, like, the Rangers who I dislike and Keandre who I love, like, I, I think that's, like, clear. I don't know if people realize how much I like him the day he was drafted, like, it broke my heart that he was a Rangers and the Flyers passed on him. So I don't think there was anything the Rangers would have said, like, besides, like, we we had the FBI hunting that person down. They obviously could not do that, and, like, understandably. Um, so, like, I get it, but... So, yeah, I don't think I, like... I don't think I'm the rational choice to talk about how I felt, how the Rangers handled it. I mean, I feel like I did think that um, it took them a while to respond in a way, like, it took them a really long time to respond, but then, like, in their response, it wasn't, like, it was very um, generic or whatever, so I'm just, like, why did it take so long? But then I can see behind the scenes, they're probably all just, like, oh, my gosh, or what happened, or something like that, so that's why it took them a really long time, but I feel like, I liked um, different Ranger players coming to, I don't know, to his defense or whatever. 
um, because he they don't know him yet. He hasn't played a game for the team yet, so I thought that was really interesting. But <laughs> the fact Bob. that like <laughs> it did take him a really long time to like reply, which I it took them too long for what the re- response was. To be honest, yeah, but that's fair like, to say because it took like four hours. People. Like on my timeline, they were like all over it, but I'm just like, okay, like if it was your team, like rel- like relax, they would have done the same thing. I hate when people do that, but also if look it was at you your defending team, the Rangers. My thing is that like I-, I would say, so the NHL now has this quote unquote um, council for like diversion. I mean, diverse diversion, diversity <laughs> and inclusion, <laughs> and like oh surprise surprise, Kim Pagula is on that that council or whatever mm-hmm. oh, but she's not white like i can't believe no like, she's my like, mind she's oh. like um from uh, she's like of asian descent um <clears throat> so yeah they have this like council did they not talk to teams like if something like this happened how you would approach it like i, I just find it crazy that the rangers pr people didn't have like already a written thing like a generic one if something like that happened and they just say like, oh, insert player's name and insert this. I will say that I do understand that we everyone is in quarantine. So it could have just been the fact that like the PR people are like, all right, we write this up, send it to the, we have to get it approved by whatever mm-hmm. person and whatever yeah. person is just like not answering the phone. Still, I just think it's really messed up. My heart just goes out to Keandre because this is the team that he's going to play for. And it took them this long to even address it. And it took them like, you know, how many times did he have to see that bot or whatever, write that racial slur over and over again? And he's just like literally being filmed. And he's just like, you know, that's just such an uncomfortable situation. And like you, it would have been really nice if your team was just like there and had your back. And like they did say something and some like players tweeted out about that. But I just like for me, like that would just made me feel pretty shitty. So I'm just angry that again a shitty situation they put him in and then they take so long to do that like granted he might not even care so like this is just me on his behalf but i did feel like that wasn't like that wasn't nice and i also wonder if like t like um what's her name kim davis i also wonder if she gave team stuff about like how to handle it when it's like a player on your team or like a person in your staff that's like being racist or shitty as opposed to like when it's someone it's different when it's like your fans because technically you don't want to anger your fans even though they're being shitty because they're giving money back to the team so I wonder if there there would be a disconnect in how to address situations when it's coming from people that are a part of the organization and people that are rooting for the organization well i would say like the generic response is like no no fan of ours would say something like that like they just you know they just try to say that yeah so like but that's the thing is that like if like if they didn't think to say that that's just like a bad part on their pr like that's just i mean obviously nhl pr is not like amazing but like i don't know don't you go to school for this like I don't know. It's just, it does really, really stuff. I have this statement here in front of me and it's literally like three sentences. Okay. So it's like, we held an online video chat with fans and New York Rangers prospect Keandre Miller, during which a vile individual hijacked the chat to post racial slurs, which we disabled as soon as possible. We were incredibly appalled by this behavior, which has no place online, on the ice or anywhere or anywhere. 
and we are investigating the ma- the matter. That's it. I mean, whatever. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, and what does investigating the matter like even mean? Exactly. Like it's been weeks <laughs> and we haven't heard any no follow up. Like I want that individual arrested. Okay. <laughs> like. Yeah, I mean, maybe it means like they're gonna reevaluate. You know how they set up these sort of fan interaction events in the in the future but yeah really unfortunate situation um and and i mean i have a little bit of trouble putting my feelings into words about this but the way that everyone kept praising i guess how k andre dealt with it and responded to it was very troubling to me just because um i understand what they were trying to say and how they were trying to support him but at the same time like come on like if he responded, you know, quote unquote, well, it's because that's something that he's used to and something that he sees a lot. And it's just like, ugh, come on. And honestly, he didn't say he didn't say or do anything. So the fact that like they're praising the fact that he didn't say or do anything as like the classy response or whatever. If he even showed a mono like any sort of um, anger towards the situation or like disdain towards the situation, would that be not? quote unquote classy so yeah. the fact that it's just like oh, oh such a classy response like he didn't do anything yeah yeah but like that's that's such a cl- like that's such a classic nhl response fan response to say like oh good for him for not like i love that he like rose above it but like he shouldn't have to and like yeah. that's like like right. you're praising him for just like not like lashing out on a extremely like offensive situation that was done to him I I just I don't know it's just like they just people who say that I feel like just don't get it and uh, honestly I'm at the point where I'm just like they never will but that was a really good point Kelsey and already that city slapping him in the face he's gonna like New York like probably don't they all like New York but like yeah I mean the racism might get him down but I guess that as long as he handles it well it's great (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it's like his teammate. Yeah. As long as he has Tony on the team with him. <laughs> yeah. So we talked about how there's like a hiatus in hockey right now. Um, it might be coming back. That's like the main goal for the NHL is to to finish the regular season. <laughs> Which I'm not gonna say my opinion on it until I like talk. <laughs> Before I give anyone information, but like Jesus, this this league enough. But anyway, so there have been rumblings on Twitter from Bob McKenzie and Greg Wyshynski and um, Elliot Friedman. So two out of three very reliable sources um, talking about how the league plans to continue maybe the end of June, early July, and. August um and this or this past week we found that after the the NFL draft happened the NHL has rumblings that their draft will start in June there was an article on Sportsnet that talked about how the league proposed to teams the idea of going forward with the draft in June it would keep the NHL rev- relevant and give everyone something to talk about in this like long <laughs> period of nothing to talk about um and meant uh, and and it would mean that they would not squeeze it between the short off season um, from like 
uh, the end of August to October. And Bob McKenzie set, tweeted out, um, the talk is of early June, not late, and it would use the old draft lottery rules and the team could move up uh, only four spots. And that means only teams in the bottom five have a shot at the first overall pick. Uh, again, right now, this is only from talk, or this is only just whispers. And this was a tweet from uh, at TSNJR, um, John Ro- Rodenberg from TSN. Um, and then someone was like, the old lottery system, like, how is that ideal? He said, the old lottery system, it removes the potential of a team winning the draft lottery in June, getting the first round pick, and then going into the playoffs and making a run for the Stanley Cup. So, I mean, it's a short, very, like, small percentage that a team could win the first overall and win the Stanley Cup. But some people were saying that, like, hint, hint, Winnipeg has, like, the most, yeah. the best odds of doing that. <laughs> so, like, I mean, I would be pissed, but I wouldn't We deserve pissed. it. Like, I would we be really happy it. for Blake. <laughs> so, what do you guys think about the NHL drafts in June? Staying in June, because that's normally when they are, after the Cups rewarded. But this would be before the playoffs even start. If I go with my heart and my sports missing heart, I'm just like, I need all the sports all the time. So if they do the draft lottery and then the playoffs the next day, whatever, I'm all set. But then, then I have to think logistically and... How would this all work? Like, I understand wanting to have the draft and we could probably do it virtually. But I think if they're, if they're set on doing the draft in June, then they need to let go of the having like the regular season or the playoffs even because it's, it's just it's, it's just not going to work logistically. At the draft, doesn't it sometimes include like not making trades per se, but like preparing mm-hmm. and understanding like what moves, what other moves you might make in the off season. And I mean, doing that when you may or may not have actually finished the season or the playoffs, I just feel like that would be kind of difficult and um, not reckless necessarily because, you know, I'm sure that, you know, all the analysts out there would still do their best to, you know, make their charts and their graphs to prepare for um, a variety of outcomes. But it's just, I, I feel like you'd be going into the draft without all the information that you need. And I mean, I would not want to put myself in that situation, but you know, hockey GMs are a different, a different kind. So. (laughs) And when would teams know their, their draft position, if we're going to do it, like yeah like how they're so proposing. a lot of people were saying um points percentage i mean obviously again this is all just talk but a mm-hmm. lot of people were saying points percentage um but kelsey that's like a really good point that a lot of people have brought up because the nhl draft like and the draft in general like with the like the players that are drafted besides like maybe the top 10 no one really plays right then and there like it's yeah. the most players go back to junior or go to college or some of them go into the AHL or if they can um very rarely do they just go and and be impact players for their team very quickly so a lot of things that people like about the draft especially after the first round 
is the fact that there's trades and how do you trade someone that like you, I mean you might still need like someone was talking yeah. about how Calgary might trade uh, might trade Johnny Gaudreau and so like does that mean that if they do make a trade like that does Johnny still play with Calgary for the end of the regular season and playoffs and then go to his new team or does he go now and like how does that work so yeah I think that the we see GMs right now they don't even do like they don't even make that many like dramatic moves. So with this in their way, I I like they there would there would basically be no moves. Um, and I also heard that some GMs and we're talking about like, oh well, like we still need to like we still need to talk over like who we want to pick. We don't know yet, and we were it depended on where we landed in the mm-hmm. like I guess in the spectrum of like how who we would pick. Which is crazy because they had all year to watch these prospects. But, you know, if they need a little bit more time, (laughs) no judgment. But, yeah, so there's a lot to think about, Um, especially if you're you're considering to continue the season afterwards, which the NHL is trying to make it happen. Um, I will say I get why they're trying to do it because, like, it is. Like, there's nothing going on in hockey right now. And how many, like, virtual, like, games and Instagram lives can we stomach for another month? But, <laughs> like, we is have the draft to, we have the way to, to go? Like, is, is this what we want? I don't know. If it's going to cause this much of a issue, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't want to be controversial, but I kind of okay. think they should just, I just think they should just let this season go. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kofi, you and me both. That's that's where <laughs> I feel. That's where I followed it. Moving on to what the rest of the season and playoffs could potentially look like. There was rumblings about neutral sites for the teams to like join and play, but that's a, that's a no go. People were saying that's not even barely got off the ground. So instead, um, the NHL is looking at one NHL city per division to resume the season, um, and teams uh, in that dis- division would be brought to that location, and it would they would most likely f- uh, complete the regular season. <clears throat> If it's possible, um, and they were thinking of like one, uh, one idea was that it would be like a triple header. So I guess like for the for the metro, um, it would be like Pittsburgh and Columbus plays at like 10 a.m. and then I don't know the Rangers and the Flyers play at 1 p.m. and then the Devils and the oh the Islanders play at seven like and that's all one day. And based off of, like, the CDC and uh, Canada's information, places like Edmonton, Minnesota, Riley are options. I was just Uh, like, Minnesota, they're trying to kill themselves over there. (laughs) Well, yeah, so, like, based off, like, obviously the the locations would be based off, like, where the virus is least, like, it wouldn't be New York. Yeah, like, it wouldn't be New York, for sure, because, like you said, the Seoul City is on the bottom. But um, I have a couple of questions though. I think, like, if my thinking is that they're doing this to try to, outside of like trying to make it fair for everyone to play all 82, my 
thinking is that they're doing this to try to make as much money as they can so they don't lose out as much. Um, but I'm just like, like, are fans going to be attending these games? Because a lot of people are losing their jobs, so they're not going to have money to pay to go see these games. And then I'm also just like, we're going to have all these people flock to these cities. And granted, it's not one city, it's four. But I'm just like, that's a cesspool of germs. Like, y'all are going to get sick. So, so the games will be probably played in an empty arena. So fans <laughs> wouldn't have the opportunity to go in and watch the games. Um but still, like, in my mind, still, that's, like, all, like, full teams going into, yeah. I don't know, there's still, like, eight them. teams per division. So, yeah, and they're all sharing different locker rooms, and they're sharing multiple locker rooms because they needed, like, they need um, practice facilities and this and then hotel rooms. And it's just, obviously, these cities would like that because it's business. But at the same time, like, this, to me, this just, okay, they're just going to restart the pandemic. Like, it's going to be another wave of yeah. corona because of them yeah. flocking to these cities. But I'm just like, why do that if you're, like, they're not going to make money? Like, So they will it. with their television deals. Oh, right. Yeah. It that way. So they may not make, like, revenue in the, like, the arena revenue, but they will make some type of money. Like, I guess in their mindset, it's, like, any money is better than no money because, like, the players will have to for are forfeiting basically, like, what, 40% of their salary in escrow because of this. And right. we already found out that next season is going to be a flat cap. Um, so they, there's no increase, which is disappointing because yeah. there was supposed to be a $4 million increase at best. But I mean, um, I I guess I also wonder, like, they could get new fans this way if, like, we're the only sport that's playing at, at in the middle of June because the Olympics are postponed and, like, oh, there's no other there's no other sports happening. So yeah. I guess it could be an interesting way to regain fans. But is that like does that justify like maybe a I mean it does COVID-19 like I mean I probably mean, to the, the NHL it does they're like well <laughs> and um like I was always the risk taker so I might as well <laughs> I could, yeah what are you what's your thoughts Kelsey um that's just a wild idea to me like <laughs> just like absconding with these teams and being like okay you live here now and like <laughs> I will say the NHL is a determined league. Um, They are looking for any way to get it done. At what point is it just too much trouble? I mean, of course, there is the issue of how much money they're losing out on. And, you know, some is probably better than none. But it's just, I mean, setting this all up would probably cost more as well. Um, like I said, props to the NHL for coming up with any idea and just keep trying to make it work and rework it. But, I mean, like I said before, I'm just ready to say, you know, the 1920 season was the lost season. Let's get ready for 2021. I just think that this limbo that they're put, they're keeping everybody in is just, I don't know, it just is stupid because I just... I was recently listening to a Blake Wheeler interview and he was just talking about how like, 
you know, he's like, they have to be ready to go at any moment. So like he was saying how like this time isn't like the off season because the off season you like spend three, four or five weeks away from the ice and then you start training again. But now it's like, there is no away from hockey because they always have to be ready to get that call that they're starting again. So it's like, it's not a break for them. So like mentally, I don't know how this is like affecting the, the players. And also you know, everything that we talked about, it obviously has to be uh, approved by the NHLPA. And, like, there's a, there's going to be a divide because, like, the younger guys could potentially be like, yeah, sure, why not? Like, let's go play here. And then the older guys are like, well, wait a minute, you know, if I'm going, my, obviously my family will probably be there to watch or whatever. And if I am sick, then I can get them sick or, like, get my parents sick. Like, they, you know and the older guys may not recover as well or their parents may not recover. So like, I feel like guys with families will be thinking of that. Whereas like the younger guys will just be thinking about like, Oh yeah, I want to play hockey. So I just think that like putting this on them is like a lot. And just like the whole thing, like, why are you doing, like, just let it go. Like, I don't know. Maybe I don't <laughs> right. like hockey as much as I thought I did. And I thought I liked hockey a lot because like, even Christy was like, I'm just ready for any type of game, like any type of sport. <laughs> like, no, I'm like good, to be honest. Like, I'm feeling like great. I've, well, I will say I've been rewatching games from this past season. And maybe that has helped satisfy my urge for hockey. But like, you know, I don't know. I just feel like they're trying to force this to happen. It's just like not going to work out in our favor. Um, And I also like something for me is that, um, and you know, obviously I don't know how these guys are conditioning and I don't know, you know, how much is muscle memory or what, but I just feel like the teams won't be the same that we saw during the season, you know, in coming back or it'll take them a bit to like get back into the rhythm. And I mean, with such an abbreviated, you know, end of season playoff period, or, you know, if they skip straight to playoffs or who knows what they do. I just, I, I, cause I mean, I was wondering if maybe I would be more um, excited to have the playoffs resume. If like the penguins were consistently good this season, would I be like, Oh, like I really wish we got the playoffs cause they were a consistently good team. But like, I don't necessarily know that they would be the same team you know, going, reconvening after all of this, just because of, you know, the momentum might have been lost, you know, stuff like that. And I think that that might apply to all teams across the league. Um, So I just, it, I don't know, it just feels so disjointed to me. It does. And especially with the Penguins, because like, they're an older team. So like, it might, it might take them a little while to get going. (laughs) This has been a long break. Our boys By the are time old. they get going, it's over. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and knowing I, them, like, like it'll be a clean, a clean sweep, and they'll be out. <laughs> At this point, I think I'm kind of just like, if they do whatever they decide to do, whoever wins the Stanley Cup, it's always going to be like a little asterisk. At- at the side because of all these like mitig- all these circumstances so I'm just like don't even do it because people are always going to be like oh well you guys won during that year so it's not as legitimate anyway so just that's don't. true and Christy you brought up a good point earlier um about how like players like 
this could like obviously what they're trying to do is going to affect next season and i'm of the mindset where it's like let's just like mess up this season and keep Mm -hmm. next season like the like the best possible way to just continue as normal whereas like if we start the the because they're going to try to do the regular season and then the playoffs so teams will get players will get hurt of course because they're coming in pretty much cold i don't care how many times they try to say well we're doing a a training camp and then the regular games like players are still going to get hurt and it'll like they won't have enough time to start the season fresh and then when we get to the season we don't even know if they'll start in october because like think about it training camp starts at what beginning of september Mm -hmm. and freaking the playoffs will they will have no break like the the team that actually yeah. makes it to the Stanley Cup. So, I don't know. To me, it just feels like they're messing with next season, and that's where I'm starting to get like, all right. Because like I again, like I've said, I'd rather be. I'm so cool with like just throwing out the season, saying the 1920 it was good while it lasted, but COVID 19 came in with a vengeance and <laughs> knocked it out. And then we start the 2021 season, hopefully, like on the right foot. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's such a good point. And it's not like this is their fault. Like, there have been years where they didn't award a Stanley Cup because of a lockout or whatever. If they don't award one this year, like, no one's going to be mad. It's not their fault. Like, who could have predicted this? Exactly. Yeah. It's, I don't know, it's it's annoying because I feel like when we talk it out, it makes sense, but they're not doing it. They're just like, <laughs> no. <laughs> so it's just like, oh. I mean, they're they're being fueled by money, and they know they're going to lose a lot of money. So That's very true. That's very true. But, yeah, anything else that maybe I rushed through that you guys didn't get to talk fully out? Um, anything you want to talk about? No? Mm-hmm. Okay. I well, that is it for us. Thank you guys so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at where's underscore my underscore stick. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcast. So please subscribe um, and uh, tell your friends. So guys, be safe out there. It's a crazy time. So just take care of yourself.